Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to another episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. I am super excited to have this fella on today, guys. Um, I am joined by none other than the mind ninja himself, Mr. Wiley MacArthur. Wiley, welcome to the show, bud. Hey, thank you, thank you. It's a pleasure and an honor for sure. The mind ninja. So this is like something... You know, with a small business surgeon, so we deal a lot of uh, we deal with a lot of business stuff and the ins and outs of business. And I feel like a lot of people forget me, especially. Uh, I learned traditional business um, studies in school. Um, it was all out of books, and the stuff inside of an entrepreneur's head was never ever covered in any of the lessons it was all this is marketing this is advertising you know this is budgeting there was never any room for any of the mental space and i didn't discover that until much later in life and that's your kind of realm isn't it yes i deal in the realm of um limiting beliefs uh self-sabotage uh, negative emotions where people just aren't able to um, process the way that they need to, to be the most powerful selves because when you think about it, when you're in your flow state, business is amazing. Mm -hmm. Everything's clicking, everything's going the way it needs to go. And then all of a sudden something stops and you're like, wait, how do I get back to that flow state? That's why you hire coaches, right? Mentors and that to help you get back to that state. Right. So is this like, is this a new science? Because when I came through high school and was doing my pre-college business studies and stuff, mindset was never ever touched upon. How did you discover this area of work, this avenue, if you will? Well, neurolinguistics programming is new-ish. I mean, it started in the 70s. Okay. So it's been around for a little while. Um, it's been gaining ground. It was getting buried by some of the other modalities because of the success rate and effectiveness of it. And nobody wants something else because if it competes against you and it's better, why would you want it to hit the market? Oh, that's true. Um, so it was being artificially suppressed? Oh, yeah. Because, you know, let, let's be honest, um, a lot of mindset work is associated as, and I'm, I'm going to make air quotes here, but uh, woo-woo hippie shit. Um, and it's not something that's generally looked upon as a masculine or an alpha thing to do to have people reach inside your brain and, and, and pick it apart and pull out the good stuff. And... I found, especially in the environment I was raised in, the environment I started business in, mental health wasn't something you ever talked about. So has there been like an unlocking of this over the last few years? Because a lot of people still want to stay away from the mental health argument in entrepreneurship. Well, they, they want to stay away from it because it's something they don't understand. But I, I challenge you to stand in front of Tony Robbins and say he's woo-woo. He's oh. one of the ones that's brought it out. Yeah, he he lives in that realm. That's where I live. I actually created a shirt that says, do you woo-woo? I'll tell him he's woo-woo. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but I mean, in the, in the fact that he's not legit. And, and no, 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 no. Right, that's that... the thing is, is when we start to look at the results, at the end of the day, it's all about results. Correct. I don't care where you come from. If you've got A, B, and C, and C gives you the best result, I don't care how I get it. And woo-woo or neurolinguistics programming, the study of excellence and how to replicate it, has gotten massive and massive results so high that they actually discredit it because it's too successful in some people's minds. Like, there's no way it can work this way. So the study of excellence and how to replicate it. Mm -hmm. Go with me there. Take me on a journey and tell me about well, how that excellence has been studied and, and how you go about replicating it. Because I'm, I'm super interested in this. I mean, I just discovered the world of the woo-woo uh, under two years ago. And, you know, that, that's one of the reasons I wanted you on the show is because of, of, of just how life-changing that tuning into what's in your head can be. So take us uh, on a little journey uh, about the study of success. Well, so basically, neurolinguistics programming is broken down. It's just the study of what works and how to make it happen. Okay. Right? In society today, we've been trained 
to look at what's broken and how to fix it. Mm -hmm. And when you focus on the negative and all of that stuff of how it's broken, you're putting all your energy into the brokenness. Okay. Right. Because where focus goes, energy flows. That's correct. Those laws of the universe. And when we started realizing that, okay, well, if we focus on what's broke, we get more broke. But if we start focusing on the people who are successful, what did they do? What thinking did they have? How did they manage their own mindset, their own brain to get to the most excellent result? Mm-hmm. Um, Richard Bandler the found, and uh, uh, John Grinder started looking at people who were absolutely and totally successful in their fields and said, okay. what does it take to be like that person? Taking out all of the unnecessary steps, like they studied Milton Erickson, who was one of, at the time, one of, is the, and probably still is one of the greatest hypnotists of this world. And he was able to get people, but he had a sensory acuity where he could actually notice and, and know what the pulse rate of a person was across the room through their ankle. And the reason why he had that ability is he actually had polio twice and was, Uh, put in a bed upside down and with all he could do was his surroundings, just study his surroundings and think about his surroundings. And so they went in and interviewed him and they wondered, so what does it take to have this ability to have such high awareness of what's around you, sensory Mm -hmm. acuity? And they said, do we have to have polio? Oh, wait, we don't. Cool. Let's mark that off the list. Okay. Because who wants to have polio to have that? Well, if we don't have to, okay, let's cut it out. And it's just studying what he thought about how he looked at things and just finding that uh, recipe, let's say, of excellent. And then they then took that recipe and said, okay, now we'll install it in ourselves. We follow this pattern and this pattern and this pattern, changing their limiting beliefs about this. And it's like, oh, and realize that by following that pattern, they could actually replicate that ability. So success leaves clues, and these pioneers went and figured out the clues. Absolutely. It's like when you go to a dojo, right? Mm-hmm. Or jujitsu. Do you know, do, uh, who was the first person that invented that? And then they started to refine it and refine it to then have the most basic movements to get the massive result, right? Mm-hmm. You know if you do this process this way, you'll get this result. You do it the wrong way, and you'll end up being tapped out. And... By following a certain formula, you can actually create more successful movements. That's crazy. So how did you discover this? Was this something you've always had an interest in from from a high school age, or was this a a more recent discovery that was brought about by maybe some some events in your life? What happened? When I was in high school, I wanted to be a motivational speaker. I, w- I went to those, saw the Bob Bergs and, and all of those amazing people who, when I went and listened to them, my mind was like, oh, this is amazing stuff. I, I started taking action on things and it's like, oh, I can cheat. I love this. I love the energy I feel. I love the way I feel. And if I can help other people this way, then I can create even more awesome. And that's what I wanted in high school. And mm-hmm. then the force of average came. <laughs> as, it, as it always does and said you know what well it doesn't always have to come i've realized that but it used to always come right <laughs> it's 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 that belief but so it, it I, always comes buddy you just get better at dealing with it <laughs> <laughs> or you don't give it any energy and say exactly I'm you and you, exactly you turn it into a let's go brandon thought. well like like steve this morning did you see steve had a, a deer jump out in front of his car oh yeah and trash his car shredded but, his car like, so like- the, the force of average comes and for those of you just just finding the show the force of average is the balance and force of nature that's um i want to say it was either newton or einstein wrote about for every action there's an equal and opposite reaction um maybe that was newton i forget but that's the force of average um for everything good going on there's always going to be something tries to drag you down but I don't think it goes away, but I think we just get better at handling it. I mean, you see Steve's attitude towards that car wreck this morning. It was just, just something in the, the way thing of the about day. it is, did he give credit to the force of average? Or he just said, I'm just going on with my day. See, when things show up, it's what we give the attention to. Mm-hmm. That's, how, that's what I mean by saying the force of average goes away. It's like it doesn't get any of my energy. It's like, oh, okay, pivot. No, completely like, correct. Just like, like you just, just get better at dealing with the issues that would have set you back. I think become more it. resourceful. Yes. Pull out the mystical arts and <laughs> just rock and roll. 
Doctor Strange is one of my favorite superheroes, so. Uh, well, he does wear a cape, so yeah, he, he's got to be. he does wear a cape, and he, yeah, is one of the most resourceful guys out there. He'll look at four million different possibilities to find the one that works. Did you know there's not a single way that you can butcher Benedict Cumberbatch's name, and people won't understand it? You can say it any way you like. And they know who you're talking about. Yeah, if, if you say that, that British guy, you know, Bennington Cucumber Patch, they'd be like, oh, I know the guy. <laughs> <laughs> right? Him. Uh, so back on topic, I, I want to hear about how Wiley discovered your So I, in high school, I wanted to be a motivational speaker. Right. Ended up working for a company that sold trainings, power trainings to, that were mindset, did the whole fire walking and everything. Oh, wow. How was that? I've never firewalked. It's like just... it's it, it it's an extreme version of breaking a board. Okay. That's all it is. Because okay. all it is is about modeling excellence and then getting through to the end. How so, does it not burn your feet though? Because I would be like, it looks well hot. It is well hot. And the thing about it is, is your body has the ability to protect itself. It's where your focus is, right? If your focus is I don't want to get burned, you'll get burned. If your focus is on your path, you'll walk over a bed of Legos to get to it. Oh, and come on now. I do hot coals before Legos. Right. And that's the whole point, right? Is you can do glass, um, fire. It's just the, the focus of the mind of where you're at. And the energy will go where it needs to go to keep that's, you safe. Yeah, when you're focused safe. on that. Okay. When you're focused on, I hope this doesn't hurt me. Or, man, what am I doing? Then that's when people get burned. And they don't get the result. is because they're not following the modeling process. And they're looking at the other things. It's just like going down a pathway on a bike and seeing a rock in the road. If you stare at the rock, you're going to hit it. Yeah. Period. Mm -hmm. If you stare at the path behind, for some reason, you swerve and get out of the way. And it, we take care of ourselves. And it's, and it's an easy process. Well, simple process. Yet we make it so difficult because we self-sabotage. We create the, the negative so that we have a story to tell or some need sympathy or we're addicted to the trauma see everything has a purpose mm -hmm. negative emotions have a purpose all of that has a purpose and we'll get into that in a little bit later but i so i got in this path um found it for a little bit and then they folded under because they weren't in full integrity um and that's the big thing is you've got to be authentic and, and integrous in all that you do yeah yeah i think that that runs through the core of everything we do but um, just like you said not a lot of people wanted to believe in the woo-woo back then and it's come a long way well it wasn't that we wanted to believe in it it's that it was chastised i mean it was talked it, down upon and so you didn't of want course, anybody... if average knows that as soon as that comes into oh, life dude. it's like it's it's gonna lose all of its power right? yeah but now right my facebook posts are about gratitude and the things i'm happy about and um you, you know the and mindset, look at where your life has gone exactly, the minute you've made exactly. that shift. The blessings and everything else. But if I'd have stood up at age 20 in the environment that I was raised around and gone, guys, it's a beautiful day. We're blessed. They would have probably thrown rocks at me. Right? Yeah, the, the, the whole, and I'm grateful for the rocks. I'm going to build a house. I don't think that the mindset thing was anywhere near as socially acceptable 20 years ago as it is now. Oh, it not even close. And that's the best part is everything's creating an alignment. So I went through a lot of different phases. I went through my insurance phase, my mortgage phase, my real estate phase. My I, I didn't know this. Telemarketing phase. Yeah, I've done all of those. If it had a test attached to it, I loved it because I love taking tests. I had my six and six and three, but I passed the test. So I was going through real estate. I know that you can understand this one where they make you do like the 100 hours or mm -hmm. whatever to yeah. get it. I was playing free cell while the video was going on in the background, took the test, passed it first try. It's, it's, and everybody it's, in my office is like, I hate you. And I'm like, I've always had a belief that I pass tests. And, I, and, and it's not. It's not a difficult test. It's, it's not the most difficult um, barrier to entry. No, uh, <laughs> not, not to discredit the, the, the work, obviously. Um, well, to get to become a real estate agent is easy. To be a really good real estate agent, that's a whole different thing. It's very get, difficult. To become a yeah. gorilla among the Karens. <laughs> you should Bittingham, yes. never be a Karen. Always be a gorilla. Yeah. Absolutely. Be a oh, winner yeah. and take it by the throat and just crush it. And that's the thing is, is the mindset is I'm going to do what needs to be done to be successful. Right. And by modeling that philosophy, you can create 
movement towards that result. All right. But we have mentors. Think about it. If you had a mentor, he says, do things this way. You do it exactly that way. It's mm -hmm. like, wow. No, I mean, that, that's why that you pay a mentor. Oh, my God. Do that again. That was easy. Really he's, got, he's got that fucking red button from office. I've got an easy button. <laughs> I have the physical version and then I can give you the mental version. We can get rid of all that stuff. And that's the, that's the fun part is when we start realizing that we overcomplicate stuff and get rid of the complications and start weeding all that out, realizing it doesn't have to be, mm -hmm. life changes. We start focusing on gratitude when we get around the right people. It's the... The five people you're around, you'll become the sixth. If you're around five losers, you'll become a loser. If you're around five millionaires, you'll become a millionaire. You get around five excellent drummers, you'll start to learn how to drum. Man, I, I should do it. Does anybody know any excellent drummers I can hang out with? There's this small business surgeon dude that I hear. Dan, why are you No, I know. Man. I watched him. He was lit. Everyone was like, ah! You're, you're savage, dude. I like hidden it. Hidden talent. All right. Talking of hidden talents, I want to get you back to NLP okay. and, um, and small business because it is your business as well. This is what you do uh, professionally. So how did you get your start in neuro-linguistic programming? And then we'll take a look at business. And then later on in the show, I'd like you to um, maybe walk us through an exercise or two that the listeners could do for themselves and uncover some easy shit. Sure. We can do that. So, so yeah. So how'd you get into it? Where did it start? I, where did I find it? So it found me. You've been a mortgage broker. I was broker in the middle of all kinds of crazy stuff. I even joined a network marketing company. Oh, how did that go? <laughs> well, really... it was actually really fun because I was around a lot of awesome people. It's just I wasn't. I didn't do the work at the time. Mm -hmm. It is one of the best models of excellence if you do the work and you find a product you believe in. It, anything can work, right? But I got introduced to a gentleman who um, was a trainer of neurolinguistics program timeline therapy and hypnotherapy. So he had a, a training that had covered some areas that I'm just like, Oh my goodness, where have you been all my life? I wanted to do it. And I was married at the time. And you know how you, you make joint decisions when you're going to spend a good amount of money, a lot of money. Yeah. Right. So what I did is I, I made it easy on myself and I brought her to the interview. And I said, you sell her on why I should get trained and I'll do it. Cause I was already sold. That's a, that's oh. a, that's a rough one right there. No, it made, he made, it was easy because he oh. had all the skills and he showed all the stuff and we wrote the check. Done. Sold her. Uh-huh. Okay. Well, why would I, why would I, I already knew I wanted it and I also wanted peace at home. Mm -hmm. So I let him sell her I did, I, and I made sure that she was there and, and yeah, did that's, it. And yeah, that's, that's the best the way thing. to do it. Yeah. If, if, if you're worried about that kind of thing, that kind of investment, do it. If you're an alpha and you just say, I'm just going to do this and show you. See, I had, didn't have a track record of successful showing it. Okay. And that makes a big difference. Yeah. If I yeah, yeah. had a record of every time I made an investment, I got a huge ROI, there would never be a question. But you had had several careers, so you, your record. I had self-sabotaged yeah. myself out of every single one of those careers. Yeah. yeah. I was in a bad mindset. I had all this, yeah, the limiting beliefs and all of that, I had lived it. So I'd gone through all of that. And so I was like, okay, do this. So I went and did the training and it was basically seven straight days under hypnosis. So it was installed at the unconscious level. So I was unconsciously competent from day one. That's the way to do the training. By the way, if you're going to do it, none of this online shit, you go live. You're going to learn neuro-linguistics programming. There's a lot of online stuff. It's not the same, even close. So they, 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 literally hypnotize you well, and yeah. program. So they were programming you through the hypnosis then, or how does that work? Basically what they do is the, the, the way that the information is given, it goes straight to the unconscious because our conscious mind works at about 26 to 30 bits per second. Our unconscious works at a million bits per second. Mm -hmm. So he was installing it at the unconscious level. So when certain things came up, the information was right there and I knew how to access it easily and effortlessly. We did practices on different things, how to release, how to get rid of all the past stuff, all anger, sadness, fear, hurt, and guilt, less than two hours, done and done. It's like, done, okay, <laughs> cleared that guy. Um, so, this, it just fascinates me, you know, how you get rid of anger and sadness and, and all those other well, things. You get rid of the, the toxicity of it. 
you still will experience the emotions because the emotions are like the check engine light. Okay. But let's be honest. Let me example. Yeah. When you learn to ride a bike mm-hmm. and you crash a lot, yep. there's a lot of negative in that, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. A lot of negative emotions. Now go back. Now that you've learned how to ride a bike and see if you can find any of those negative emotions. Mm-hmm. You can't. You, cause you have the learning, you know what you needed to learn to protect yourself because you know how to ride the bike. Correct. So all of those past experiences are just that experiences. There's no emotion attached to it. Hmm. And that's what it is, is when you get the learnings for the purpose of the emotion, the emotional aspect goes away. That's it. Well, that was easy. I need one of them red buttons myself. We can work something out. <laughs> so, but that's the thing is, is when we start to realize that and we go back and actually take the unconscious through the process, give it the tool, you can actually get rid of all of the emotion part and keep all the learnings. And when you have the learnings, then you go back and it's like, oh, okay, no more self-sabotage, none of this. And it really becomes easy. That does make a lot of sense. It does. Right. So, sorry, carry on. What's that? Oh, you were saying. I didn't know. Okay. Talk and early. then, so you, I, I went through this seven day training. I had had an accident probably seven years before working at Walmart distribution, loading mm-hmm. trailers, mm-hmm. where I had hurt my lower back. And so sitting was never a really good prospect for me. Neither was helping people move or any of that stuff. And he came over, saw that I was struggling and talked to me for about three minutes. And all of a sudden my pain went away and I'm like, what in the woo woo did you do? <laughs> and he's like, well, that's in the next level of training. And I'm like, son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> another, so, 50, another 50 grand. Something like that. <laughs> but, that's how they um, get you, Wiley. They give you that shit for free. You know what? I signed into that and I went all in and holy goodness. It, you learn about how our values are, are created and how we can actually change our values. How sitting on the couch is really actually you just fulfilling a value it's not that you're not motivated it's what you value is sitting on that couch and it's getting you everything that you want dude when that's you have so an true. emotional event when you get a significant emotional event it actually shifts your values and changes it and then you have to change it back and how you can actually help someone change their values at the unconscious level in less than an hour that's so incredible get back on track so that they don't have to worry about motivation they just value the right things how that's you get incredible. out of whack and get it back in black. So um, strategies, how people are dyslexic. Well, it's because they read with their feelings instead of with their visual parts. If you feel a word, you don't spell it as well as if you see the word. Okay. You'll notice that most people who are dyslexic are very, very kinesthetic. They're they're the bike, they're the people who ride bikes, do skateboards, play instruments, where they're really in touch with how they things feel. It's just one of those things that you learn. It's kind of cool. I did not know that. I, yeah. I'm learning all kinds today. Oh, it's all kinds of fun. I mean, th- how we communicate, it's just there's so many things in NLP. And that was my biggest struggle because once I got my training, it's like, oh, right, I can change the world. Everything in the world. Yeah. And it's like, well, I can do this and this and this and this and this. And my mind is going everywhere. And it's like, okay. Um, so it wasn't until I finally discovered, I got it, I went into overwhelm with how much I could do, and then I stopped doing a lot of it, mm-hmm. right? Self-sabotage hitting it. So I, I've had the training for over six years. Mm-hmm. I've used it here and there. Never really went all in. I did the, the, the cycle, right? Really big success, and then so. Yeah. Big success, and then I'm back down, right? Mm-hmm. I even had one where I had a guy come in. He wanted to change a whole bunch of stuff in his life, and I'm like, we can do that. 1500 bucks an hour, 10 hours later, his life changed. And it was like, that was a good day. Did I replicate it? No. Because <laughs> I had gone all in. Yeah. And then I joined a, an organization, got to, um, around some people and went to an event and the host said, have you gone all in? And I'm like, no. <laughs> Look at that and, face, the disappointment, right? man. Like, no, I haven't shit. Yeah. I was wallowing in my self-pity of being divorced for a year and a half and just all that shit, right? Let it let it pile up, pile up, pile up and said, I'm done. Yeah. Had that yeah. epiphany. And then there was this dude that got on stage named Ryan Stuman. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm like, his words just ripped right into the core. And it's like, if only I could be around those guys. So I sent a Instagram message to Ryan Stuman and asked, so how do I learn more about what you do? And he sent me to this thing called Apex Entourage. I didn't even know who Ryan Stuman was before May. Right on. This year. And I went and did the, I uh, uh, clicked on the link. And then this dude named Zach Sasser. Oh, Zach. Up in the DMs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, oh, before that. So, <laughs> right. We got, we got to get, we got to talk about how cre- crazy this is. I decided to go all in. So I quit my job. That what, week, was, what was your job? I was working with guys with disabilities, sleeping on a couch, making 11 bucks an hour. In May. In May. And it's. I launched November. my business in June, June 5th on my birthday. And I sold my first client. He paid me five grand for six months of coaching. And, and that was one coaching session a month. I've since changed my formula because that doesn't work. You need more access because when problems pop up, you need your coach to be able to help you get quit all that out. But he believed in me and I made more money in that week than I would have made two and a half months working at my old job. Yeah. 11 bucks an hour, no doubt. And well, and I was ruining my health. My back hurt because I was sleeping on a couch four nights a week because I was the graveyard shift Uh and I had to do it. But he believed in you, but you weren't sure yet. Were you? I I knew that I had the skills. Mm Mm-hmm. I didn't I never question my ability to coach. I questioned my consistency on that yeah. and going all in on building the business because mm-hmm. I've never been one to build a business. I knew I could get results with NLP. That was never a question. I, I, I don't have imposter syndrome on that. I had the imposter, I had the imposter syndrome on running a business consistently and getting the results. There's a lot, the there's a lot of moving parts. It's, it's almost, it's almost harder to run, run a business than it is to be good at your specialty. Like, well, here's, here, here's the crazy thing. So there's this personality test that I found uh, that I took. And so it's like, it's a zero to 30. And I found out you can get a zero in one of the yeah, categories. I, t- I took a personality I a test. Turns out I failed. I got a zero on a personality test. So <laughs> I can see that. that. I mean, <laughs> I am not responsible at all. If it's not on a checklist right in front of me, I squirrel and I'm like, oh, let's do this. And it's like, let's do this. And yeah, dude, if it's not on my calendar, it doesn't get done. Right. Like, but then again, I'm massively excellent on zest for life. I bring energy to a room that you can attest to that mm-hmm. is just like, and I trust people implicitly. It's like, all right, let's go. And when my gut tells me to, by the way, I have a really good gut check that I trust. And it's been really, really working like exponentially awesome these last five months. So I took that first five grand and I said, all right, what does it take to be in Apex? And he mm-hmm. said, this is your program. We're not going to put you in the entourage. We're going to, you're an entrepreneur. You own your business. Let's do this. And I'm like, oh man. All right, let's do it. Mm-hmm. So I, I said, I'd gone all in. I went all in, joined the organization. Month later, there's this entrepreneur meetup in Dallas, Texas. Uh-huh. I haven't flown anywhere in three years. I got on a plane and I went to Texas. That was the changing point. That was the true launch. When I started getting around people whose mindset was different than mine, all of a sudden I'm like, Holy sh-. okay. I doubled my prices mm-hmm. because I, I'm like, Look at all the value I can provide. Double my prices. Started getting it. <laughs> and that was just at the entrepreneur level. Mm-hmm. Then, and that was mid-July. Then I'm like, okay, this is cool. Then they're like, well, there's this other fly-in in August. It's this live event with 500 people. And I'm like, all oh, the energy from 40 people. Oh, what would 500 people be like? All right. So I booked it. Now here's an interesting thing. My unconscious mind is looking out for me. Mm-hmm. I booked my time. The event was on a Thursday. So normally you'd think, all right, I'll fly back on Friday. Mm-hmm. No, 
my unconscious mind booked me a flight back on Saturday. Well, on Friday, there was this group that met that called the executives mm-hmm. in Apex. Yeah. And so I got told about that. I'm like, ooh, what's that group? And they said, it's this, and it takes this to get in there. I'm like, oh, I got to do that. So I went and went to the event and put out there that I needed to make this much. Well, guess what happened? I met two people that signed up for my coaching that paid me that much that day. <laughs> what? That was easy. God damn it. That Seriously. button. I put it, I put it out there and all of a sudden it happened. And I'm like, okay. So I went to the executives mm-hmm. and introduced myself and met some wholly amazing people. The Stacy Rasky, the Jessica Dennehy, the Sammy Knight, the Chris Whitehead. Mm-hmm. So I'm up there and, and I'm, I'm filling that room full of Did, all my woo woo. Just to point out, he met me too. You were in the entrepreneur group at the time. I was at the time, yeah. So you were in my first group, and yes, I met you there, and we made yeah. it. We, we I, had a challenge, and yeah, I won the first time, but then they sent me back, and then we're both in executives now. We are we both in executives now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but so I went in there, and I'd, made, and I'd made a public post in July that I was going to be a member of the Apex executives by the end of August. Mm-hmm. So everything lined up. I got in there. And that room, oh my goodness, was so overwhelming. The power and, and the success and all of that, that for the first time, the imposter syndrome really kicked my ass. Dude, it's a crazy room. It's a, it's a crazy room for sure. Right. Um, when people are deca millionaires and 25 a year or making $100,000 a week and you're here, I made five grand this month. Yay! Yeah, but a, win, a win's a win, dude. You know, right. like, well, I, I, I understand that. But I'm, when I'm you level the... up your mindset, it's like, this dude, is possible. See, they made me aware of things that were possible that I had no clue. Exactly. Like, I'm on the very, very, very bottom rung in that room. And yet the, the amount of opportunity that they help you to see. Uh, Not just opportunity. They fucking care. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they, they want you to win so bad that mm-hmm. you reach out. They're like, "Let me take you and show you how." Yeah. It's like, yes. So, I, I mean, Stacy Rasky basically took me in a ring and said, "You are mini me, and I'm going to show you the world." I'm like, "Oh yes, thank you." So I was in that room. So you're having a lot of sex now, then, huh? Huh? Nothing. I, I, yeah, I got. <laughs> Got to get that marriage thing first. It's you you missed you missed that. It, it got tagged with ta- uh, tagged with Stacy. She came out. And I said, did not. She says the more sex I have, the more successful I am. There you go. And it's like, I'm a, all right. Uh, so now I got to find somebody <laughs> to have sex with. I guess. But well, I hear those. So, uh, I hear those Oculus Rifts are going to be the way of the future. There, mate. Right. There, virtual. Here we go. No there's STDs there. there. There's hope for us yet. <laughs> So I, I seen demolition, man. I see how it goes down. <laughs> but so I, I, I get in there and then I get a call two weeks later from a guy named Chris Whitehead. Mm-hmm. And he said, you brought so much energy that we need to back you off a little bit because you aren't at the level that you need to be to be in that room. And he's like, so here's what I'm going to do. I normally charge this, but because of our mistake, I'm going to let you, we're going to do this. And I'm like, done. One-on-one coaching with Chris Whitehead. Uh, yes, please. Mm-hmm. So I got him as my personal coach. And then I got him, uh, Dr. B, Ryan Holly, me and him hit it off so well. All you have to say is Excelsior and Key Lime Pie. And it's like, yes. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask him about that. I'm actually interviewing Brian uh, this week, Dr. Yeah. B. So I'm going to ask him about Excelsior and Key Lime Pie. Absolutely. Key Lime Pie is his favorite dessert, and Excelsior is the model we live by. All right. Do you know where Excelsior comes from? I do not. That is Stan Lee's quote. Excelsior, live your greatest. Be excellent. It's Marvel. No, well, there you go then. Superheroes. We learned, I, I knew it was something to do with. I thought yeah. it was ha- so me Harry and him Potter are or some super, shit. Superhero geeks. So we talked for hours, and and that's the thing: is the connections you make levels up your mindset. 
Mm-hmm. So I brought him on. He's helping me do some other things. It's like being around this greatness and they want me to be successful. And so I said, well, I've got to go even more all in. So I started doing the work. Right. Building my machine, doing those processes that are there available to us in Apex to be able to get results fast. Right. Mm-hmm. They created a model of excellence. And all we have to do is do the work and we'll replicate it. It's surprising how that works, isn't it? Done. Oh, okay. Right. <laughs> kind of fits. When you know yeah. what you need to do, you push the buttons, any monkey can do it. And it really is. It, it's dumbed down to where anyone can do it. That's the belief is if any human can do it, anyone can do it. If yeah. we get the right model of excellence. So that's what we, we do. So I, I spent the next two months leveling up massively until I got, I was talking to Chris and he's like, you know what? You're ready. And they said, all right. And I got into that executives along with this dude here. We came in at the same time, me for the second time. But yeah, we got around those uh, models of excellence and just, it's been amazing. That October fly-in was incredible. Mm -hmm. This last event on November 5th, the live event. If you aren't around people who are in the know, you wouldn't know about the metaverse or the potential that's coming down the pipe or the fact that you are holding yourself back. You need to start. I want a tangent here into the metaverse for a minute. (laughs) I think that right now we may have approached a singularity and not be fully aware of that. I wanted your opinion on this before before I jump off and have to go buy a new tinfoil hat. But with, within the metaverse, when we wear our VR goggles, we'll be able to interact with anybody else in the world that is part of the metaverse, correct? That's what they say. So I can fully VR and interact with you in VR, right? Absolutely. So Facebook has 12, 13, 14 years of us, of our memories, of our messenger conversations. They know who we are. They've got the videos. They can create uploaded. virtual uses for our legacy, yes. There Our grandkids can talk to us. About there it. we go. The AI is going to be accurate enough and have enough of our data to respond to people as if it were us speaking. Yep. They're going to have someone. My grandkids are going to see me with this. My yeah. easy button. Just that's that's really. In the and, and I've been talking about some of my friends and it's quite uncomfortable. And one of them was very adamant that he's like, people, dead people are dead. You don't fuck with that. And I'm like, man, if, if. I talk to dead people all the time in, in the regard of if you follow Napoleon Hill, mm-hmm. he had his higher counsel yes. that he would talk to. And they became so real to him that it was as if he was having a conversation with them. That's true. I believe people are energy and energy never leaves this world. So if you want to tap into knowledge and excellence, reach out. It's there. Oh, I, I completely agree. Now, this is the, uh, the mastermind group from Think and Grow Rich. Uh, Napoleon Hill's book Uh but like it just seems to me as though we might have reached uh, a singularity we might have reached immortality without even realizing it because one form of my consciousness even though it's going to be artificial will carry on there is no doubt in my mind now that my kids are going to be able to talk to my Facebook avatar after I'm dead and it might be $199 a month subscription fee I don't fucking know but the question is is now that you know that that's there what information are you going to leave your legacy? Oh, are you going to level up? Are you going to start showing up in the most magnificent form of yourself? Or are you going to Would let you? this force of average and self-sabotage? See, now that you, you nah. know <laughs> that this is getting passed out, it's pretty, you are being recorded. We're all in, baby. We're all in. Right. Like, See, this isn't stopping. And, and that's the thing is, is if you know you're being recorded, we act differently. Well, now you're being recorded and you know it. We've been so recorded. Start acting differently. Yeah, but we've been recorded this whole time. Um, but we didn't know it then. But it's I've like, always thought that, you know, I've always thought that my friends and my kids are, are going to be able to go back and listen to podcasts. And I've been posting video content for four, five years on Facebook. They're going to be able to go back and see all of that. So that's what, what makes it different is that now I'm going to be uploaded into an artificial intelligence system as well that can intelligently respond as me saying similar things to what I would have said just formed by using all the data that I've uploaded over the last 12 years. Hey, at least you're not a head in a glass like in Futurama. <laughs> I would love it. I mean, I think that... Right? I'd rather be me 
yeah but the, here's the the fun part is we get to decide now what actions we're going to take what belief structures we're going to take and pass on mm-hmm. and when we know we're being recorded people act better for some crazy reason that's true that's true i just assume so, i'm always being recorded and- well and that's the thing is I, that's the way i've acted too but for the general population they don't believe it now they ha- they have no excuse you are being recorded everything you say and do will be presented to your ancestry oh yeah so what do you want to show up as like badass granddad absolutely i mean that's where i'm going i'm, uh, I'm going with i'm a mind ninja that changes lives and have created a legacy and my goal is to be bigger than tony robbins well i mean you have to grow a little bit first he's he's a real tall dude right isn't he so big he's like six foot six his hands are like, hands are like bananas. all right we know that all right so um we've got we've got a little bit of time left um <laughs> i'm having too much fun here but i want to jump into nlp and okay go over a couple of exercises that some of the entrepreneurs listening to this can do at home that they'll find useful. Before I do that, when you start working with entrepreneurs, what are some of the common misconceptions that they've got about what you do? And what would you say some of the most common problems that entrepreneurs are facing that they come to you with? The most common misconception is that I can make them do anything. I can't make anyone do anything. They have to take the action. Totally. Right? Yeah. Yeah. That, a, that's a huge. Coaching is a do with, not a do to. That's huge. I never even thought about that. Yeah. I can't do anything for you. Mm-hmm. You have to take the steps. You have to take the actions. I can give you the recipe, but if you don't follow it, if you put salt instead of sugar, I can't guarantee the result. Right. Right. Otherwise, if you follow the model, I can give you the result. I can guarantee it. And I'm one of the few that will actually back myself up and say, yeah. You do the work, I'll guarantee the result. Easy. Because I know it works every time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, s- same with what I teach. If you do the work, you'll be fine. It's getting people to do the work that's the problem. Yeah. Um, people people because, want it done for them. And it's like there, there is no do for you in the mindset because mm-hmm. it's your mind. No. And it, it, it's, it's simple, but it's not easy. <laughs> and then the second one is that they are their behaviors, that they are whatever it is. Kind of like the AA model. I'm an alcoholic. No, you're not. I don't understand that. You, you're your behaviors. People say, I am this, right? Okay. I am broken. I am ADHD. I am an alcoholic. I am. Mm. And when they start saying that, it's like, no, you're Samuel. And what do you want instead? You can change things. They believe that they can't change instantly. Yeah, I never, I never said I'm Sam and I'm an alcoholic. I just said, I'm not going to have a drink today. That's different, right? And I've been saying that. In fact, it was funny. You mentioned your birthday, June 5th. That's my sobriety birthday. Cool. So, uh, but, but yeah, I, I beat that. It's a powerful day. Mm-hmm. But I'm not an alcoholic. I'm just not going to have a drink today. Um, well, and the, the thing about it is people who identify with who they are, it's like, you are not your behaviors. Right. And when you realize that you're not your behaviors, you can change those behaviors. But... A person is their behavior. A person is their behaviors up until the point they realize they're not. Well, the the behaviors represent them, but it isn't them. Right, but they don't, don't realize that, that at the time. Well, that's why that's why one of the misconceptions of people when they come to me, right? That's why they hire you, right? No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> when did you decide that? Oh, it was probably my grandma or grandpa that decided that and told me I was that, and then right. I accepted it and it's done. No, you can change anything. Um, and what was the second question? Say, so, what's what's a couple of little exercises that the guys listening can do for themselves? They might be sitting in the. Oh, car. what were the biggest problems? That's what it was. Yeah, the, people come to me. Um, their biggest problems is imposter syndrome. Uh, can't get out of their own head. Um, other people are affecting their work, meaning, um. They're, they're pleasing the crowd instead of just being their authentic selves. Type thing. So how would you... I'm def- going to give you a one. Yeah, go, here's, go ahead. Here's the gift. Here's the gift. What if we got rid of... Showed. Because what I do is I help people understand that they have choice. Let's get Most rid of people in- don't believe they have choice. Let's get rid of imposter syndrome for some folks. Now, I got rid of imposter syndrome by trial and error 
and by eventually realizing that I do have the skill sets required to be in the room that I'm in. But it didn't come overnight, and it wasn't through neurolinguistic programming. It was going to the room and following up, and it took a while. How do you help somebody break out of imposter syndrome? Well, first off, realizing what an expert is. It's the guy that's read one chapter more than everybody else. Yeah, you know 1% more than the person you're talking Not even everybody else, just the person you're talking to. <laughs> because let's be honest, you get in a room, not everybody's your client. No, that's true. If you know 1% more than your ideal client, you're the expert. Stop putting it that you need to be that for everyone. You're not. We need to write that in big letters. You are the not expert. Not everybody's your ideal client, and you're not going to pitch. Like, I'm not going to look at Tony Robbins and say, hey, you're going to be my client. Right. He's not, because he's had more experience in the field that I'm in. That's true. But doesn't mean that I can't work with the Chris Whiteheads, the Ryan Stumans, the other people who haven't gone up this path of linguistics mm -hmm. programming. I know more than they do about NLP. Right. And that's the whole thing is, is once you realize that you're not an imposter because you know more than if you're selling to someone who knows more than you. Yeah, you're an imposter. Yeah, Straight you're, up. you're always going to struggle with that. You are an imposter. No, you are an imposter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> if you say I'm the expert and they're more expert, no, you, it, it, it'll hit hard. It's just realizing that you are there. The second part about that is that stupid negative voice, right? The one that hits everybody hard. <laughs> what if we get rid of that negative voice? Realize that you have the power to change what it sounds like. Okay. So there's... What's an example of a negative voice and, and how do you get rid of it? What do you mean negative voice? Each person has their own negative voice. It's that one that always tells you you're not that, or you're, you can't do this, or it's the one that's inside your head, not the outside. It's the inside. And it's always the same for each person. It's theirs. Each person's is different, but they have their own negative voice. So what I asked them to do is I'm like, what would happen if you made that negative voice sound like Mickey Mouse with a Donald Duck accent? Okay. Can you take it seriously now? No, that, that's a oh. really hard accent to do. Can you, can you mimic it, that for us? Can you give us an example? No. <laughs> Damn, I almost had you. Almost. Almost. No, you can't. And that's the fun thing is, is you can do things like that. Other people, you can, if that one isn't very powerful for you, think of a politician. They, the minute they start talking, you know they're lying. Mm. Everyone has one that they know that they're lying the minute they start talking. I mean, you would just literally put any politician in there. It would work. For the most part, absolutely. Yeah. For me, it's, I, I tell people, put it in that voice and say, let's go, Brandon. Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the best part about it is, is when they start changing that voice, it's starting to realize that that voice doesn't have the power. See, when we give the negative voice the power, we're its bitch. Literally. We believe it and we accept it and we cower to it. The minute we change it, it's like, wait a minute, dance, puppet dance. And then it's like, it's no longer our master. We master it. Hmm. And it's utilizing that power to change it whenever you want, knowing that it's lying to you anyway. It's never told you the truth, ever. Not once. It's crazy, man. It's crazy that you can just get inside there and just by dressing your negativity up in... Uh... Mickey Mouse's voice with Donald Duck's accent. There you go, man. I'm going to drive to fucking Utah and take that button off of you. <laughs> you want my button? Oh, you're going to have to work for that one. Uh, get another one. I'm actually in the process of creating, uh, I think we're going to create a button that says, do you woo-woo? No. Because living in that realm of woo-woo is amazing. There's so much ease and joy. It really is, man. It, it's I actually, my... I created a Shopify and we put on a shirt, do you woo-woo? on the back it says the mind ninja knows well you'll have to get me a link for the show notes my my latest creation on shopify was a uh it's a red t-shirt and it says all my black shirts are dirty and i created it especially yeah. for apex so and then and then i did i've got a hat that says twe that was easy uh-huh yeah you got a hat that says fye there what does that stand for your excuses <laughs> my three favorite letters my three favorite letters all right wiley my man it's about time to uh to wrap this up buddy I, absolutely honestly i may have to but just yeah it, 
I may have to model Joe Rogan and just go after the two and three hour interviews because I was having too much fun to wrap this up. But we're um, we're tied by the calendar. And uh, we can do a part two. Yeah, we will do a part two. Um, we have to get uh, another. When hundred. my book launches, we'll do a part two. When is it launching? Um, at the end of the year. Okay. I'm gonna. It's 52 weeks with the Mind Ninja, and we're gonna launch it right before the start of the year. So we start it with week one, chapter one. Oh, I like that. All right. Well, uh, maybe I can read that out for you on one of my uh, one of my evening reading sessions. Those seem to be going. It'll be easy because each chapter is only two pages. Wow, that's uh, that's how you knock out a fifty chapter book, huh? No, it, yeah, and write it in a weekend. You got one chapter a week, man. Wiley, the man, the legend, and the guy that's just tearing it through Apex. Do me a favor, buddy. Give a shout out to your website and your social media where people can uh, catch up with you and where they can follow along with your stuff. Shout out. I am at uh, themindninja.com. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have the NLP Jedi, the NLP Ninja, all that fun stuff. I notice then- your Facebook is uh, facebook.com slash wiley.macarthur. Just my name. First name, last name. Hey, I haven't, I haven't really changed much with that, but it's I, just having, um, I'm, I'm putting together a group, uh, that I have. It's, uh, let's see. Mind ninjas hacking the matrix daily. Mind ninjas hacking the matrix daily. All right, dude, if you get those links over to me or Kyle, we can get them put in the show notes for you. Yeah, I'll just, I think I can copy and paste them. I'm I, I'm not good with this stuff. That's why I got guys. I got my Joe Guerreras and the Mike Stragglers and all of that that helped me on the back end. Well, I'm good right. at doing what I do. I'm excellent at doing ninjuring, my mind. Ninjuring minds. Heck yeah, that's ninjuring where I love minds. to be. And I've got a team and that's what they're for is to help me be excellent. Well, my, my brother, it has been an absolute honor having you on the show and getting to hang out with you for the last hour. It's uh, It's been really cool getting to know a little bit more in depth about Wiley, the Mind Ninja. Thank you for coming on, dude. I appreciate you. Yep. I'll send you those links to the Shopify and all the other. Let's do it. And check out the uh, check out the show notes, guys. It'll have all of Wiley's links in there. I sincerely appreciate you, Wiley, and I sincerely appreciate all you guys for tuning in and listening. Please do me a favor, go follow Wiley's socials, and uh, if you have gotten anything out of today's show, as always... Five-star this podcast so everybody can hear about it. Yeah, do that. (laughs) I'll see you for Friday Fire. Take care. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week. The Small Business Surgeon was recorded at Texas Media Foundry in historic downtown Bryan, Texas. Check them out at txfoundry.com or on social media at txfoundry. Thanks for tuning in.